Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. <laughs> I think so. Wait, do you need a rant anymore though before we get started? You Good. feel you feel better? Feel <laughs> cathartic release. <laughs> is some of our thoughts welcome everybody it's sarah and carter and this is some of our thoughts not all of them just some of them just some of them it's been a while <laughs> since i've gotten to say that. yeah i remember it in the very first 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 episodes just some of them <laughs> very like eeyore. very yes very eeyore <laughs> it's fine no worries Kind of reminds me of our <laughs> musical pick today, speaking oh, of which. yes. Yeah. I was listening to it in the car, and I was like, I kind of want to cry now. Yeah. <laughs> well, here, we'll drink. Um, that'll help. Let's drink. Um, we have a really cool episode in store for you all today, and the vine is... Hurlu Burlu. Hurlu Burlu. Or Hurley Burley, as my grad students who don't care to pronounce it correctly... Say Hurley Burley. Hurley Burley. That's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it certainly is. Here's a little tink, clink. Mm. Um, so this this one was a really fun one for us to pick out because Sarah came to my work one day, oh, recently, recently, yeah. earlier, like last week, and um, we were just looking at the shelves, thinking about concepts for episodes, and. It was like, what haven't we done? Which is a really, really fun kind of thing to get to say. Because yeah. I get to drink a lot of wine at work. For work. <laughs> Pause. For work. Uh, educational purposes, mm-hmm. of course. Um, Just write it off. That's right. No, I'm, I'm literally going to have a meeting with my father, who's my banker, about that. <laughs> um, he said, you know, you effectively pay to work there. Well, I said, well, I'm investing in my education. Exactly. Someone has to. (laughs) (laughs) Someone has to. Yeah. (laughs) If not me, then who? (laughs) Um, I was thrilled about the pick, though, because it's a huge selling wine for me. We get it in so good consistently, I would say, uh, out of the however many weeks or in a year, 50, 51 there. It's there. Yeah. Hurlu Burlu is omnipresent. So amazing. It was one of those that Ryan actually originally picked, I think, like years ago. And now it was one of those where we were drinking so much of it at one point. We yeah. kind of had to take a break. Yeah, I get burnt out. Yeah, and I hadn't had it in so long. Yeah, like Carter was saying last week, I actually had like an hour of my life where I didn't have something I had to do. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God, I just, I need to go see Carter just and just sit there for like a moment. We got some. Look at the shelves, plan our next episode because now we can do it face to face. We're usually just texting nonstop. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? What about this? What about this? And it was like, dear God, can we just like. Have some inspiration. Yeah, it's so much better in person. 
And my wine shop is a lovely place to spend time. It is. Um, and Sarah just, you know, has her own, like, vineyard and tasting room that she runs, so doesn't get to come as often as I would like. But, yeah, same. Um, last week, we remedied that, though. Yeah. And we picked this wine. This is... A <laughs> what? <laughs> um, I was going to say it's a Cab Franc. Yeah. So... Um, I think a good place to start with it is Cabernet Franc is a cousin of Cabernet Sauvignon. Yes. Genetically, uh, not identical, but similar. It's a daddy grape. (laughs) It is. It is. is. That's astute. Very astute observation. Daddy Franc. (laughs) Daddy Frank? Daddy Frank. Frank. (laughs) It is Franc, very much. Um, If you say Frank in my presence, I might slap you. Mm -hmm. But... um, (laughs) Can you imagine someone saying, do y'all have any Cabernet Franc? (laughs) Slap. (laughs) No. (laughs) I've never actually really thought about that for some reason. It's spelled F-R-A-N-C. It's clearly Franc. Franc, Clearly Franc. Oof. Um, So it's a French grape varietal from uh, the Loire Valley. This is one of our, our... Wines that my boss, David Mayfield, is incredibly close to this producer. His name is Sebastian David. You have some stories here. I do. (laughs) Yeah. So this guy's a nut, honestly. If I can just get into it and like all power to you, sir. I hope to meet you one day (laughs) and just shake your hand and thank you for everything you've done for biodynamic farming and viticulture. Mm -hmm. Um, He is from like 15 generations of winemakers, Sarah. Starting, it said... On his website, which I would imagine is pretty substantiated, mm. in fact, um, 1634 is when his 1634? Uh-huh. Oy. 15 generations. And um, the vines that he has, he has had since 1999. Um, but Which is a long time, too. I still is. am one of those people where I'm like, oh, that was only like 10 years ago. <laughs> no. <It's> 20. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're old. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so they're not quite as old as us, but um, he had land that already had vines growing on it and planted in 1999. So they are between 25 to 35 year old vines, which is very well established. Um, Herlu Berlu is an interesting little word that in French, uh, well, in English, means an eccentric man who looks at the stars to farm. That's amazing. It is, isn't it? And he's as biodynamic, what we've mentioned a couple times, um, a little witchy. It is. It's very witchy. I love it. Uh, They pay really closely attention to the lunar cycles. Um, I th- there's something really funny about his his personality. He's, he does strike me as extremely eccentric. I was about to say, yeah, he absolutely. And, he and David are big fans of Formula One racing. <laughs> and the first time that I ever met David Mayfield was at the five-year anniversary of the wine shop <laughs> way before I worked there. He was shucking oysters on the back patio in a Formula One jumpsuit. That's screaming eccentric. It is. He had really long hair, real long (laughs) curly hair, and big old tortoiseshell glasses. Oh, wow. And I immediately knew i <laughs> i like I, I like admired him i had like a, maybe a little bit of a crush on him right like, and then he was just so cool and i was like who are you like dude? i want to be on that path yeah <laughs> where's he going <laughs> what's in that suit <laughs> yeah i was like hey, i'm carter it's so nice to meet you i'm a big <laughs> fan and he was like okay weirdo <laughs> little did he know that too 
Cut my checks. Thanks, man. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep, yep. So um, these two, they don't have many, um, like, posts on Instagram together, but whenever David is over there visiting, mm. um, you will see on his story an occasional video of them riding around the vineyard in race cars. Stop. And four-wheelers and They're ATVs. Like little boys. They are. <laughs> And you can attest to this. Joey kind of turns into a kid out when he's out in nature. He mm-hmm. kind of gets everyone has their thing, big, for sure. goofy smile on his face, and he's got his big old straw hat, <laughs> and he just kind of bopping around. I yeah, mean, it makes so him happy. happy. Yeah. yeah, for sure. It's a lovely thing to get to commune with nature and and have friends. I always say, wine friends are the best friends. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to talk specifically about the wine, um, it's the carbonic maceration process, which we've mentioned a handful of times. Concrete tanks instead of stainless steel, which says a lot. I like that. Right. I like that. Like most of the wines I've had that were in the concrete tanks, I really have enjoyed the flavor of them. It's just always a little more complex to me in a good, like the best way. Yeah. It's kind of got some minerality and Mm -hmm. um, I think just from the, the, concrete yeah because stainless steel it does impart a lot of of flavor too i mean it's kind of got like a a zippy zangy zippy (laughs) um and cabernet franc too like traditionally it is one of those like juicy juicy it's so juicy and it has most of them have like that slight bell pepper not like super pyrazini, but there's a hint of it in most of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Hurler Ballou does have a little bit, and I know I've t- I've spoken pretty candidly about I, <laughs> my hatred for pyrazines, but mm-hmm. it's not always there. Like if it's something really, really well balanced and complex and well, juicy, even, like Hurler Ballou, yeah. I think that's amazing. I have always thought that. Cabernet Sauvignon has an extreme green bell pepper mm. quality about it. Um, not so much as like the the Resibol from our first episode that is like bell pepper juice. Well, that one haunts me. That it one does. I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> that's the example though. Like, yeah. because that's literally bell pepper juice. Like it's really hard for me to reach past that and be like, okay, what else am I getting? Ah. Structurally, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it's so overwhelming that you yeah. can't really distinguish anything else. For sure. Um, but from this part of Loire, there's a lot of caves. Mm. Ooh, that's fun. It really, it really, it really explore is. explore some caves. In the wine country, right? Yeah. So this particular one, his cave. His cave? He's got his, yeah, he's Bruce Wayne, man. Oh my, I was about, literally about <laughs> to say that. Like, okay, I'm putting it all together. He's Hurlu literally Burlu- Batman. <laughs> Hurlu Burlu Batman? <laughs> it's 27 meters underground, which I, I, uh, I, it's 88 feet. I was about to say, I, don't, I cannot compute. I am American. <laughs> Thank you. So 88 feet underground. I mean, that's like, mm-hmm. I think about um, V&V has this gorgeous cellar that y'all built into the hill in a really genius uh, way. Think it's about not 88 feet, though. No, that's but so deep. So deep. And um, just to go back to his eccentricity, mm-hmm. they have... Um, Please. <laughs> They're all egg-shaped concrete amphoras, which um, when we post about this episode, I'll I'll take some screenshots from his account and tag him naturally. But yeah. they are huge. Some of them are huge. Like, I've have I shown you this picture? It's worth not it. Not recently, if you have. Um. Oh my God! It's like the size of a of a John Deere tractor. What? 
right? And the fact that um, they bury these underground too. So I mean, I mean it's look at look at this I mean, nut. Well, look at him. See. That's who we're. Ta- That's him. That's him. That's who we're That's talking him? about. Yeah, he looks like Kurt Cobain. What's this little What's this little goatee going thing? He's big in his goatee, man. He's <laughs> he's always had that. It's, really? Yeah. Since I've started, he looks. Fun. <laughs> who, who is this man? This That's is amazing. Sebastian David. What a nut. He is. Also, he's holding this bottle in the photo. I think it's a good point to say if you're going to the store and you're like, what does this look like? It's a clear bottle, which I love. Yeah. Bright red cork. Mm-hmm. Bright red cork. It's so amazing. Like the coolest thing. And then just like a bright red label that says Hurlaburlu. Is that him or is that Jack Black? Dude, that's him, but that could be Jack Black's cousin. That's right. What? He's amazing. I had no idea what this person looked like. It was not what I was expecting. <laughs> well, I'm so glad I waited to reveal it until now. These are the Enforas that are like Whoa. little. Right? Looks th- like a couple nutsacks. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. I'm not but- wrong. Wait, so they're suspended underground? Yeah. No, I believe that's the process when they're moving them to, like, plant them. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Because they do bury them. But then sometimes they do have them sitting around. They So they're, like, in the dirt buried? Uh-huh. What? Yeah. And they just let them do their thing? That's right. Until it's ready to bottle, essentially? Yeah, wild yeast, carbonic Whoa. macerated for 25 days, and then they, they move it to the egg-shaped concrete vats. They started Holy using Toledo. those. Toledo. Here's a picture of one that's, of the. That's the one I was going to pull up. Amphoras. Oh, this is huge. We'll save that one so we can post that because it's his it's little like, outfit with his suspenders. Okay, I love him. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's. <laughs> I think there's only one of him ever that have ever existed. Um, to talk about his family mm. a little bit. Um, apparently, back in the day, uh, his father wouldn't even taste the neighbor's wine because. <gasps> He, he didn't want any, like, it, it wasn't the kind of thing, that, um, culturally, I think, in Texas and in, in California and American winemaking, it's an extremely collaborative effort. Yeah, for sure. To the point where people are buying grapes from each other, um, mm-hmm. blending trials with different, um, we work with Balcones from the vineyard. Yeah. I mean, there are lots of collaboration. Um Brewer, local breweries take our pomace and make weird shit out of it. Totally, and vice versa. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure, you know, if there was any kind of kombucha-esque Something. thing we could do at the yeah, vineyard. we'll try it. We'll always try try it at least once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, over there, it's much different. That's right, that's right. And he, he's a huge proponent of, um, of farming. He said 80% of the work is done in the vines, 20% in the cellar, which is... Respect. Yeah, honestly. I agree. Wine is made in the vineyard. And um, I have this quote here that said, experiment to test the influence of suspension in winemaking. That's the vats mm. that you saw hanging. So he's he is adding gravity as a factor as now. As a component for yeah. his winemaking. Who knows why? I was like, to say, I wonder what that suspension like would do. Well, it says in my notes, the form and the way the temperature is regulated by the clay and terracotta vessels allows for an active fermentation on, um, it's from a Georgian winemaker mm. and it says never separate a child from its mother and oh. that's, uh, to take the skins away from the, yeah. the juice. So they leave everything on the lease, um, and sir lie. And that Very is, cool. 
I mean, it, you can what, taste it. Other than Hurlerblue, what are other wines that I've had from from him? Lisonette. Oh, he's Lisonette too. That's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. It's a pink cork. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another clear bottle. That's a great bottle too. An iconic label. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that every single person that I know has a poster of Lisa Nett. <laughs> yeah, you gifted me one. <laughs> well, in every single case they have, uh, what size would you think that would be? Like a, a 12 by 24 inch Maybe so. I poster? haven't framed it yet because it's kind of a funky size. Yeah. But it's I want to frame though. that one and the Hurlebaloo poster and put it in my hallway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cute. They're like it's not pop. super small, but it's just big enough to where you're like, I think it needs a frame and it would just really pop and look awesome. Like on a white wall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. So that's pretty much everything I have written down. Um, it's a great wine. Great wine. Great food today. It's making me hungry. Great food. Me too. I haven't eaten lunch. Um, great food. <laughs> <laughs> I like stopped mid stretch and was like, wait, my back is doing a thing. Hold on. So the food today, um, the food, so like I was saying, Cab Franc has kind of a little bit of like an earthiness to it, like the peppery, still juicy though, this particular bottle. It's kind of mossy too. It is mossy. I would say that. There's like a four, I like to say the forest floor. Mm -hmm. So like umami-ish mushroom mud stick sleeves twigs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's so good though. And when I was thinking of that, I was like, hmm, what would be great with that? My first thought, forest floor to mm, mushrooms. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and we also just really love mushrooms. We do. In anything. And I look down on people who don't. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> no names mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> you know who you is. <laughs> so this recipe is a papara del pasta with a rosemary portobello mushroom sauce. Fuck me, Sarah. I just know. <laughs> and this is one actually we haven't made it yet because I keep staring at it and I just haven't done it. <laughs> I need to go to the store. That's literally the only reason why. But it looks so good. Do you remember when I did my Pinot Noir wine study and I did beef tenderloin mm-hmm. with like three different kinds of mushrooms? Yes. And that to me, because Pinot and Cab Franc kind of have that similar structure where yeah. it's like a light enough red, but yeah. it's also substantial enough that like it's, it goes with a good meat. It does. It You need some flavor and yeah. like a nice mushroom. Something a little hearty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for and sure. And earthy, like you mm-hmn. were saying. Like you've so good. been saying. Like I be saying. Okay, so you will need three tablespoons of extra virgin olive oil. And we're those people to, you should splurge on a really good bottle Invest, of, yeah. mm-hmm, of olive oil. Step it up. Step it up, step it up. Two shallots halved lengthwise and thinly sliced. Some salt. Three portobello mushroom caps. And it says about 10 to 12 ounces. And you're going to slice those into one inch pieces. About eight ounces of your papara del pasta. Mm. And it says fresh or dried. Um, I found some really like classy dried pasta, classy dried <laughs> pasta at our grocery store here at HEB. And I haven't, it's literally sitting in my closet. And that was part of the reason I was like, oh my God, let's do that recipe. Cause that pasta is really like wide. Like it's kind of a tricky noodle or I'm like, what do I do with that? Yeah. It, you know what I mean? It's one of those where like, I think the pastas, the pasta itself is kind of like the main star and then 
whatever else is just kind of a vehicle to elevate it. Oh, sure. So, like, in America, we drown our pasta in sauce. Mm -hmm. And in Italy, like, the pasta is the dish. Yeah, So, I mean, it's just meant to be lightly tossed. Yeah. Um, Your eight ounces of pasta. Okay, you'll need one garlic clove. Please. Yeah, honestly. More garlic. Always. Um, Finely sliced. Two teaspoons of finely chopped fresh rosemary leaves. I would also do more than two teaspoons. Mm -hmm. What am I, a child? More like two whole sprigs. Mm -hmm. A half teaspoon of red chili flakes. I would probably do a little bit more than that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Two tablespoons of tomato paste. A teaspoon of balsamic vinegar. Give me more balsamic. Um, Two tablespoons of unsalted butter. And then a big chunk of Carter's favorite. Parmesan cheese. Oh, my God. Like, really good Parmesan cheese. And it's a very simple recipe, honestly. You're going to put the oil, shallots, and some salt in a large skillet and place over medium heat. Cook it, stir it frequently until the shallots are softened but not browned. You don't want to overcook it. Then you're gonna, Yeah. Then you're going to add your mushrooms to the pan. Cook the mushrooms for a few minutes until they take on some color. Then stir and add in a half teaspoon of salt. Continue cooking until the mushrooms become tender and their liquid evaporates. Meanwhile, bring a large pot of water to a boil and add two tablespoons of kosher salt. Cook the pasta until al dente. Scoop out and reserve a half cup of the pasta water and then drain the pasta. And also when I ever make pasta, I actually put a little bit of olive oil in the water and a little bit of wine in your water is really good with pasta too. Is there any, any reason why we would need to save pasta water? Um, usually I haven't read any further out loud, but typically you'll add it in with a little bit of your sauce because it makes it just like a better consistency with the starchy. Yeah, Mm -hmm. of course. And it kind of brings everything together. It's never a bad idea Mm -hmm. when you're making pasta to just put the pasta water in a bowl on Mm -hmm. the side. For sure. We do that with any kind of like spaghetti too. Mm -hmm. Any kind of like just a simple sauce. Yeah. Always reserve a little bit to it. It really gives it nice flavor and consistency. Um, Add the garlic, rosemary, chili, tomato paste, vinegar, and butter to the shrooms. And Oh, then you're going to add a third cup of the pasta water and stir over medium heat until the mixture becomes saucy. Add the pasta to the pan and toss gently with tongs to coat the sauce. Adding more water if it seems too dry. So yeah, reserve more than you think because you never know. Um, taste for seasoning, and then you're going to shave curls of Parmesan cheese over the pasta mm. with the vegetable peeler. Mm-mm-mm. And that's it. It's cone. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I did not. I did. Sarah. I did it. I did it. That kid is never going to have a normal life. No, he's not. He's really not. Oh, and there is a little snippet on how to prepare the portobello mushrooms. It says, choose firm mushrooms with unbroken caps. Wipe the mushrooms gently with a towel if they seem dirty. Please, for the love of, don't soak them in water. Don't ever rinse your mushrooms in water. You're a fool if you do that. It's soggy, and then it's not going to cook. It's just going to be, like, steamed. You're going to try to cook it, and it's just going to steam your mushroom. That's right. like, what happened? (laughs) You, you happened. (laughs) Um, The underside of the mushrooms, or the gills, should be tight, dry, and light brown in color. If they're really dark in color and, like, moist, almost, like, slimy, feel free to remove those, like, actual gill 
pieces. It says yeah. because it might make the sauce a little murky in color. Clean them up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it said if the gills are like black, just scoop them out with a spoon, discard them, and you can still use the rest of the mushroom. Fantastic. Ooh, fantastic. And that's the recipe. That is going to be amazing with Hurlu Burlu. I think so too. That earthiness. The, I think the rosemary is a really good yeah. addition to the flavor of that wine as well. I wouldn't go as far to say that Hurlu Burlu has like a botanical herbal quality about it because it is a little bit cleaner. I think the concrete kind of shapes that up a bit, quite a bit. But if it was barrel aged in oak, I believe it would. Mm-hmm. I believe it could. I believe. I believe. I believe anything called love. No. No. Um, oh, also, when I did bring that bottle home last week, I, like, surprised Ryan with it. And he was like, oh, it's been a while. And I was like, right? Like an old friend. Yeah. And then we sat there and had a glass. And we both looked at each other and were just like, mm-hmm. so good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Almost better than I remember, honestly. Yeah, it's, th- one of, it's one of my favorite wines. This vintage really is, is exceptional, I will say. Mm-hmm. This was a big COVID wine for me. So I would go <laughs> buy wine from Chels mm-hmm. at the wine shop A and uh, cases at a time. It's just oh, yeah economically speaking, more responsible, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> There's a 20% discount. Um, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. Um, so I would load myself up with such staples as uh, Lunesta, mm. Amatea, mm. things we've discussed on this podcast before. Yeah. Um, Hurley Burley was always one I, if it was on the shelf, I'd grab it. Yeah. And... Um, I did get a little burnt out on it because I just loved it yeah. so much. I drank it so much. And that is a is a great problem to have. It is. How lucky. How lucky are we? <laughs> Truly. Yeah. Because, I mean, this We is have a few wines, actually, that we were talking about last week. Like, oh, you know, we actually have a few of them that are kind of our staples that we just drank Always. ourselves stupid on, just got tired of it. And we're like, yeah, yeah we, we actually have a few more we could do for the podcast because they're great wines. Like, we drank so much of it. We clearly like it. <laughs> clearly. Clearly. Yeah, and this is one of them. Um, Yum. I, I'm having a hard time segueing the musical component in this episode. Oh, okay. So, in my mind, we're pretending in Texas right now like it's fall. It's still, like, in the 90s. But it's been very, very rainy and dreary. Monsoon season. Monsoon season. <laughs> <laughs> Very, very just like blah. You wake up and you're like, I just want to sleep for like 15 more hours yep. if I can. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of been the vibe here lately. Very and cozy. Very cozy. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this co- that really cozy mushroom pasta mm-hmm. with a glass of some really good red wine. It's too early for like fireplace season. But maybe if you just close your eyes. Close and your eyes and you need to let out a good sob. Put on... Father John Misty. Uh huh. It just sounds like something. Oh no, it's okay. Um, like sweater season, right? Sweater season, yes. Like Father John Misty Cab Franc Portobello pasta. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, it's cozy. <laughs> it's a cozy concept for it this is. one. Um, we have this album, thankfully, from my friend Lynette. Yay, Lynette! Thanks, Lynette. Um, she gave me a bunch of albums to listen to at work. Um, the Strokes, Thriller, mm-hmm. um, The Chronic. 
The karate. <laughs> <laughs> Which if I, I'm just saying, if I walked into a wine shop and they were playing Dr. Dre, I'd be like, yo. I'd buy at least four bottles immediately. Yeah, I'd just be like, <laughs> y'all are cool. What's going on? What's, uh, what's this place all about? So um, that's very much the vibe. Mac Miller is also our vibe. Um, but Father John Misty, this album is gorgeous. We were staring at the shelves and when we picked Hurley Burley, we started going through the records we already have. Yeah. And this aesthetically looks mm-hmm. beautiful um but it also sarah had a just excellent little association there with the coziness quality mm-hmm. the sound of it is so soothing um but you know you know the thing about him have you ever heard that onion article about father john misty this is bailey's bit but i'm gonna do I it. i was reading about him this morning but not on the onion <laughs> on the onion it said father john misty unable to attend his own show Due to the fact that he can't pull his head out of his own asshole. Oh, <laughs> I mean, uh, I think he just takes it all very seriously. But he is a consummate musician. He's a beautiful musician. He's got yeah. a great voice. I love his voice. And this album is uh, Some, is moody. A friend of mine referred to him as he is absolute evil, but with the sound of an angel. Ooh, yeah, that's true. I was like, oh God. Uh, and then I was like, I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> Did you ever see that Lana Del Rey video, Freak, where he's in it? Uh-uh. And then towards the very end, her whole song stops, and then Claire de Lune starts playing. Oh. And all, he's um, basically, like, drinking the Kool-Aid. It literally shows him, like, drinking Kool-Aid with LSD in it and giving Kool-Aid to these girls. And then these mermaids are, like, swimming all around him. It's a... I mean, I love the music video, but like, it's a very like, oh, what's happening now? <laughs> is he, is it implying that he's like a cult leader? Yes. Okay. For sure. Yeah. He's like a folk cult leader. Uh-huh. Like a folk lord. Folk lord. <laughs> Hell yes, he is. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Hashtag folklord. Well, and then the article I was reading, I don't know if he still does, but he used to like microdose LSD every day to deal with his like PTSD and depression and anxiety. Good for him. Yeah. It said it was in like uh, 2017. So like, I don't know if he's sustaining that lifestyle. You good, bro? Right? You're still making music. Let's go check on him after this. Mm -hmm. We'll see how he's doing. Um, There is an episode of Master of None. That they went to see Father John Misty, and he takes this really, really pretty girl who I love that actress, but I can never remember how to pronounce her last name. It's Nina Ambrovic, I want to say. She was in Venus and Fur on Broadway, and she was in like the best episode of 30 Rock ever. You recognize oh. her. Um, but she she is on a date with Aziz Ansari, <laughs> and she goes... Uh, she was filming a Vine back uh, when Vine a was Vine. a thing. Yeah. Wow. And she said, well, hello. Welcome to the Father John Misty show. And like the way that she <laughs> said it, it was like the super secret Father John Misty show uh. with this horrible like British accent. And um, God bless her. <laughs> You'll recognize her. Venus in fur. Yeah. Now I just want to know. I'm like, do I know this person? Um, She was... Oh, Nina Arianda. So that's a lot easier to pronounce than I expected. You recognize her. What does she look like? She's been in a bunch of movies. Oh, I have seen her. Yes, 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 yes. Really great. She is a good actress. 
wonderful actress. Um, so that, that I always think about her whenever I think about Father John Misty. That's because, amazing. Because and then she played this really deplorable character in that episode where she she stole a jacket that was on the back of a chair, and this girl was like, "Hey, bitch, that's my jacket." She was like, <laughs> "No, it's not." And she was like, "Unhand me!" And like gets kicked oh out. Oh my god! And Aziz Ansari is like, "Um, I don't know who you are. You're a crazy person." <laughs> I was reading about his like early life, which was really interesting. Basically, Tell me about it. yeah, his parents, um, they like met at a Christian youth group. So his parents were super, super, super religious, and he wasn't allowed to listen to non secular music until he was seventeen. Wow! And the first album he convinced his parents to let him like bring into the home was Bob Dylan. Ooh, that's a good one. That like, he like on the tracks. Yeah, he kind of convinced them like, no, he's it's like poetry. A, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, this was a cool tidbit. It said he briefly had ambitions of becoming a pastor when he, from the age of six years old because of the performance aspect. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. I was like, you know, that makes perfect sense. And then it just talked about him learning different instruments. And yeah, it was just, it was really interesting to me. I was like, well, that kind of makes a lot of sense about the father thing. Yeah. The yeah. whole father thing for sure. And then like why he's kind of a weirdo. Poor babe couldn't listen to non-secular yeah. music. That's so sad Until to me. Until 17, that's a very formative age, too. Like, and I'm kind of imagining because of that, I'm assuming maybe his upbringing was super strict, which it doesn't mm-hmm. specifically say that, but I'm I'm just You can draw that assumption. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Make that assumption. Very interesting person. I just love that earlier you, you referred to Cab Franc as Daddy Franc, <laughs> and now we have Father John Misty. So. Father John Misty and Daddy Franc. Papa Portobello. And Papa Port. <laughs> well, these are the names for this episode. <laughs> Daddy Frank and Papa Portabella. Daddy Frank. Um, yum yum. Wow. Yeah. I, one thing you can kind of tell that like Bob Dylan was a formative influence on him because mm-hmm. he does sort of have that like same like it's obviously folk music. It's, Let me see what the album was that he brought home. It was like a sp- uh, slow train coming. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. He was able to convince them he's a Christian artist. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Oh, shit. I actually forgot he was in the Fleet Foxes. I never knew that. He was their drummer. Fun fact. I really didn't know that. That's cool. Good for him. He does kind of seem like the guy that, like, can sit down, and if he doesn't know how to play an instrument, like, he'll figure it out in, like, ten minutes. Uh Uh-huh. And um, it is – I think it's fun to listen to. Like, I was listening to it in the car over here as well, and – um. He's kind of got like this this swagger, even though it's yeah. like sad. There's a swagger. I think he's a pretty cool guy. Yeah. He. Yeah. I don't know. He he's eccentric also. <laughs> very very much so. Um, to the point where this album cover is. Oh, I don't even know how to describe I it. I fell in love with it when you. I had never seen it like up close in person. Oh yeah, it's like the most it's funky. So cool. Where's Waldo? And there's no Waldo, but there's a million things going on. There's like human sacrifices, and they're yes. all just tiny little doodle illustrations. I told Carter it immediately reminded me of um, that painting. I think it's by Bosch, the Garden of Earthly Delights. Oh, Hieronymus Bosch. Yeah. Yeah. When yeah. it's like this huge painting, and then you kind of start zooming in and looking closely, and you're like, what? is happening it's like the gates to hell uh-huh. truly and there's like different love, levels of it love love that painting but that's kind of what it reminded me <laughs> totally because just you, like a doodle illustration. yes and you can just keep staring at it and you'll just see something different every time it's yeah there's so a lot going on a lot going on lots of sex lots of uh violence 
And the I'm album. Like, it's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that says about me. They are very cute little doodles. It's, they are cute. Like, what's this little dude doing? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. It's kind of the art style of um, uh, Schoolhouse Rock, is what it reminded me of. Yeah. That very like much. 70s doodly. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well. I think that's it. (laughs) (laughs) We're both just daydreaming now about everything we've already said. (laughs) All right, you guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, Get you some Cabernet Franc. It's delish. I hope y'all can find some. And if you want to come hang out with me and listen to Father John Misty at the wine shop. Hell yeah. um, That's what I do most days. Text me and I'll bring you that pasta. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have a party. Well, as always, everyone, grab a glass of wine, put on your favorite record. Let's have some fun. Cheers. (laughs) Cheers. Thank you for listening to some of our thoughts. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.